the I think hold on let me I wasn't ready for the question (laughs) (laughs) welcome to feeling it a podcast where we discuss tv movies pop culture and whether or not we are feeling it if this is your first time joining us welcome to the show and here we go come on walk and talk here we go you guys want to hear something neat it's showtime hold your ears here we go see what you can do now take your position all right Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. In addition to what we're feeling this week, we will be talking about Noah Baumbach's new Netflix release, Marriage Story, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. But before we get into that, let's introduce ourselves and answer the question, who is your favorite movie couple? I'm Sandra Amstutz, and I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And the first thing that came to mind was um, Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson in Easy A. Um, Mm -hmm. Just natural chemistry, just a vivacious couple, very sexy, very funny. Uh, Yeah, gotta love them. And some of the best parents ever. (laughs) Um, I think one of the one of the hard things about this question is a lot of people automatically jump to like ro- like uh, like rom com couples. Yeah, and the problem is you don't get to really see people. them. Yeah, the problem is you don't get to really see them as a couple um, in most rom coms until like the end. Like you don't get to see like a really their really good relationship. Right. Um, so you're we're looking for like established couples and stuff like that. For me, um, the this only works because of the whole trilogy. Oh, but. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> who, who am I? I'm Lucas Schreider, designer from Chicago. And my favorite movie couple is Han and Leia. I think their relationship arc over the three movies is great. I think by the end, they're one of the most fun people in this in these movies, um, as well as just a really great couple. That is an interesting choice, considering their fate. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But yeah. I, I, I love them. They're great. Sure. Um, well, every week we like to talk about something we've either discovered or rediscovered throughout the week. So, Sandra, what are you feeling this week? This week, I'm feeling um, the movie that came out this year by Alex Ross Perry, Her Smell, starring Elizabeth Moss. Have you seen this, Lucas? I haven't. It's been on my list of things that, like, if a lot of, if enough people talk about it, I'll probably end up seeing it before the end of the year. But it looks good. Yeah. So, this movie, I really, really loved. Um, it is definitely kind of out there. Um, do you remember last year when I talked about how I loved Vox Lux, but I understood mm-hmm. why other people didn't, and I called it Wackadoodle? Yeah. <laughs> yes. This movie definitely reminds me of that, but I think it's a little bit more um, critically established than I would say Vox Lux was. Mm-hmm. Um, it and, and and has a little bit. Um, has a little bit more of a guiding force, I would say. It is a story about a like punk rock um, star who is the lead of a punk rock band and is struggling with addiction and probably some mental health, although that's not really explicitly stated, and is kind of like destroying her band in the process of like um, her her own like destructive tennis de- tendencies. She's this force of chaos that is um, just kind of amazing to watch. And I really loved this movie. There's so many things about it that I like. I love um, 
number one, the writing. It's very theatrical, almost to like a mythical level. Um, the characters don't speak in a very um, like normal modern way of speaking. They speak with this exaggerated, um, over-the-top dialogue that I really thrive on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that I really love about this movie is the way it's structured. Um, there are not, there are no like pickup shots or in between scenes. It's, there are, I think five major set pieces, which also makes it feel like a play. Like there's five distinct acts, um, where each of those set pieces takes place in one location and we follow our main character throughout the location, you know, going from room to room or, um, you know, causing, uh, mayhem wherever she goes. Uh, and, and it's fun knowing that like this whole piece is taking place in this one location. And then when we move on to a new location, it's a new day and a new her in some ways. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Um, and then the last thing that I just adore about this movie is the performances. Elizabeth Moss is like incredibly honed in on this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun to watch her just unravel. It reminds me a lot of Black Swan in certain ways that it is, you feel like you're going crazy as you watch this person <laughs> like sort yeah. of lose their mind. But it, it it also is kind of like a, it reminds me of because it's about a music, a music figure. It reminded me of like a star is born Vox Lux from this past year of what it's like to see, yeah. you know, this rise and fall of a figure. Um, I had so much fun with it. And it's one of the most, I would say like, um, creative and, and, um, unique movies that I've seen this year. So I highly, highly recommend it. Um, last thing I'll say about it is some really great supporting roles, um, from people like Dan Stevens, um, and Gail Rankin um, is really good in this. She plays um, she plays like that wolf woman in Glow. Yeah, and she's yeah. really really good. And there's like this there's these fun performances from um, Cara Delevingne, Ashley Benson, and Dylan Galula as like this like up and coming young punk rock girl band that I <laughs> I had a lot of fun watching. Yeah. So very very cool movie all around. That's awesome. I love a good music movie. I love a good uh, Elizabeth Moss movie. So I based on that I probably will end up seeing this soon. Yeah, I will say it can get real dark. So just like prepare yourself <laughs> going into that. I also love a good dark movie. So <laughs> yeah. What are you feeling this week? Um, this week I'm feeling a musical, um, the last five years. Um, I don't know if you've seen the musical or, uh, Anna Kendrick made a movie version of this musical. Um, I think in 2015, um, I've seen it, the Anna Kendrick version. You've seen the Anna Kendrick version. Okay. Yes. When I first watched this, I, I, I originally watched the, the movie. That's how I was introduced to it. I've listened to the original cast album as well over and over again. I really, really love um, this and after watching Marriage Story, which we'll get to in a little bit, <laughs> um, I wanted to kind of revisit this album um, because it tells a similar story. But um, this is basically the story of two uh, people who meet in their early 20s. Um, one is a novelist on the rise and the other is a struggling actress. And it tells the story in song from his perspective kind of going forward through the relationship. And then every other song is her perspective going backwards through the relationship. So it starts at the end um, with, um, just kind of their marriage failing. Um, and then the next song is them meeting from his perspective. So it's, 
it's a really interesting way of storytelling. Um, and the music is really good. I think it's just a emotionally heartbreaking <laughs> um, story. Um, but it's just, yeah, the storage of a marriage falling apart over the last five years. So um, have you, have, are, I know you said you've watched the movie. Is this something that you've revisited at all? No, I don't remember enjoying the movie very much. Yeah. Um, I, I I wonder how I would feel about the the play if I saw a production of it versus the film. Um, yeah. If my problems are with the film or if it, it's with the story as a whole. Yeah, I don't think it works that well as a movie. Um, I think this is be- probably better as an actual um, uh, a th- theater production. And even just listening to the soundtrack, I enjoyed much better than <laughs> than watching the movie. Gotcha. But I think it's I think it's a great story to just be able to hear because it is all told through song. And I think the movie itself took a little bit away from that. Sure. In in preparation, or kind of in honor of, I did something similar to you in honor of uh, Marriage Story. My friends and I, we watched Company. Ah, um, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, very, very on the nose. But yes, uh, that was really fun to see, you know, the main character of Company is a single guy, but the rest of the cast are all these different marriages in different states of falling apart or coming together and um, mm-hmm. that was really fun to revisit and, you know, in the wake of marriage yeah. story. Yeah. I do have to, I do have to re re rewatch company for sure now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, now let's jump into the section of the show where we talk about our impressions of new movie trailers, whether we are in or out. So right off the bat, we've got the black widow trailer that dropped. Um, this is a obviously prequel um, set after um, I think after Civil War. So once everybody kind of dispenses um, after Civil War, she goes off on her own adventure that we haven't seen yet. So how do you feel about the Black Widow trailer? Um, you know, I think it looks good. It's not what I wanted. I had a clear vision for what I wanted a Black Widow prequel to be, and this doesn't seem to be it. Um, what I really wanted was maybe we do a little bit of de-aging and we see her like as a young teenager, early 20-something, kind of finishing her training at her, you know, secret Russian spy woman training camp um, that we got glimpses of in Age of Ultron. I was hoping we'd get Julie Delpy back to be her sinister <laughs> instructor. Um And then we see her going on like evil missions and then the, you know, happy ending is that she leaves that life. Um, Perhaps we see some other like shield, you know, cameos in there. This doesn't seem to be the story. And I can't really put my finger on what story they're actually telling based on this trailer. Um, It looks fun and... I like Rachel Weisz and I like Florence Pugh and I like David Harbour. So I'm in because it's a Marvel movie and I like those people and it doesn't look <laughs> bad. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel about most Marvel movies now. <laughs> I'm in because I like Marvel movies and the cast looks great. Um, who knows how the story is going to go. I, I'm interested in this because I think what you described is the um, – I think kind of the obvious story to tell. I think that's what most people are interested in. For the, so for them to not do this makes me curious about what they're what they're wanting to explore with this character. Um, so I'm I'm uh, I'm hopeful. Cool. Okay, next on our list, another superhero movie. We have Wonder Woman. 
Uh, so we get the return of Gal Gadot. We get the return of uh, Chris Pine. And we have uh, Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig joining the cast. So how do you feel about this trailer? So Full 80s. <laughs> so in. Um, really? The 80s are maybe one of my favorite, are probably my favorite decade. Um, okay. So in on 80s costumes in a big way. Uh, in on, incredibly in on Kristen Wiig as a superhero villain. Just like... So in on that. And in on Pedro Pascal, like, being a villain as well. Like, hot, fun. This movie looks, like, just badass and fun, and that's exactly what I want Wonder Woman to be. Um, and also, I can't wait. I'm I'm so curious how the Chris Pine of it all re- resolves itself. Yeah. I was not super pumped that they were bringing him back for this movie. Um, but, I mean, I'm definitely interested in whatever they want, they want to do with him. Um, I, I liked... Wonder Woman. I didn't absolutely love it. Um, so I'm, I don't think I'm as invested in this movie, but I will absolutely be seeing it. Yeah. I think it's a great trailer. Yeah. It's definitely a really good trailer. I liked it. Okay. Next up on the list is James Bond. No time to die. Um, Daniel Craig. It's, it was weird watching this right after, um, knives out knives out. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot. He's got to go back and do this stuff still. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about James Bond in general? So I don't like James Bond movies. I, I have a lot of resentment towards them. Um, I, the only one I've ever seen and liked is Skyfall. And that's also mm-hmm. the only Daniel Craig one I've seen. Um, Oh Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. Um, that's where I am at on James Bond. It's not a property that excites me, <laughs> but yeah. I really loved Skyfall. So I will say that about this trailer, I am in because it reminded me of Skyfall. Yeah. I'm also in on it. I would love it if they didn't keep connecting it to the worst James Bond movie, um, Spectre. Um, but so they're, they're kind of bringing back a lot of the characters from that and a lot of the story from that, at least in the trailer, it, it looks like, but they do have a new villain and it seems like there, and there's a new, um, double O agent. Like, I think there's a lot in this movie that excites me. Um, I just would love it if it were just kind of a standalone movie. <laughs> so is the girl in the, in the trailer, I'm assuming is from Spectre, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She's from Spectre and, uh, and Christoph Waltz is from Spectre as well. Did we see um, Christoph Waltz in this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he he's the one talking to James Bond for most of the trailer. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I like those are the things that it's like you don't. I don't need a bunch of like lore to my James Bond movie. Like, don't give me all of this, you know, yeah. backstory and stuff. And I, like, I don't want. I that. think that's where you and I differ. Is that like, <laughs> uh, lore does get me in. Like, lore is what like really gets me going when it comes to a story. Yeah. So. Um, that's probably why I like Sky Skyfall so much is because like the lore is a big part of that story. So I like it if it's if it's lore that we haven't seen. Like I like learning new lore. I don't mm. love it when it's like bringing bringing back other people and saying that. Love like, it. You I, know, but that's that's why I love Fast and the Furious. Though. Like <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is why I love Fast and the Furious. Maybe it's just James Bond. Maybe it's just they do it poorly in James Bond. So <laughs> that could be it. And you know, and there's something we'll for there's something to be said for. Wanting it in some properties and not in others. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right. So sounds like we're both in on No Time to Dive. Um, next up, we've got Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, starring Carrie Coon, my fave, uh, Paul Rudd, and uh, what's his name? Finn the, Wolfhard. The, I, Finn Wolfhard, the, uh, 
the Stranger Things boy. Um, yeah, how'd you feel about this? So I'm very mixed on. Here's what I'll say. I think I'm out <laughs> on seeing this movie, but in on mm. this trailer. I think it's a fantastic okay. trailer, but I don't think yep. I'll see this movie. Um, I have never been super in on Ghostbusters in general. Um, this to me seems like a huge departure from Ghostbusters, like from even like the tone of the movies, like everything. It just seems very different. It, it does seem like just they're doing Stranger Things with Ghostbusters, um, which I'm not necessarily out on. I just think that I'm uninterested in the property so i think we'll see it it's gonna have to get a lot closer i'm gonna have to see a lot more of this movie um to determine whether i'm actually in or out but i'd say right now i'm I'm out yeah i haven't seen the original ghostbuster movies i'm not really interested in seeing a movie with bill murray in it um i think if this movie didn't have the originals in it i would be more interested if it was just about you know paul rudd and finn wolfhard and like friends and co i actually know? didn't know the originals are in it <laughs> oh I, i'm assuming they are i they're yeah. they're on the imdb they're not really in the trailer uh, um yeah and so to what extent they're in it who knows you know what i mean like the tra- they're yeah. not really in the trailer so it, it could be they they make an, an appearance it could be like they come in for the third act like you know there's no telling um, yeah. But this has also been marketed as like Ghostbusters is back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that um, interests me less. Yeah. Cool trailer, though. Very cool. Trailer. Definitely. Definitely a cool trailer for sure. No. Um, next up, we have Free Guy, which is uh, the story of a, a bank teller who discovers he's a NPC player inside a open world video game starring Ryan Reynolds and Jodie Comer. Um, big fan of Jodie Comer. Um, sad that she's in this movie. I do not <laughs> like this trailer. <laughs> I'm, I think the trailer's fine. I think it, you're right. It comes down to me on whether I'm in or out. Is like, does my love of Jodie Comer outweigh my hesitations with Ryan Reynolds? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I feel like Ryan Reynolds has been taken to parody now. Like we are just at the point where it's like, okay, we get it. You're Ryan Reynolds. This what, is your, this is your shtick now. Right. What's so frustrating about that is that like, Ryan Reynolds can be very good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not like fully anti Ryan Reynolds. Um, obviously he's very talented. I can, I think he can be very funny. Um, I just don't like this version of Ryan Reynolds. We've been <laughs> yeah. I think ever since Deadpool, people have kind of let him off the leash and just be like, Oh, you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. And so in movies, people just let him do whatever he wants. And he is funny. I think when he's most restrained and when he's kind of pushing the boundaries, but when it is kind of all chains off, let him do his thing. It gets a little much. Here's my question. What do you, how do you feel about the premise of this movie aside from the casting? But it's like a very specific, like violent video game, you know, yeah. like kind. It looks is, like a uh, Grand Theft Auto, like exactly, you know, spinoff or whatever. And mm-hmm. this guy who lives his life every day just with like chaos and destruction surrounding him, um, like figure learns that like it's being controlled by someone and that he could yeah. maybe influence it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into the premise, and I think that the premise could have like a lot of fun. Um, it could explore a lot of interesting possibilities. So I think the, the premise in Jodie Comer is going to get me into the theater. Uh, if its reviews are decent, you know what I mean? I think if I'd seen the exact same trailer without Ryan Reynolds, if it had been somebody else in that role, 
I still would not have liked it. Okay. I think the premise is interesting. I think the execution looks bad. Yeah. So, can I tell you I think I'm out. something I found very interesting also about this trailer is yes. there's a title card. I guess they're trying to be funny. Um, yep. Where it says, um, from the studio that brought you Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, I don't know what the third one was, like Cinderella Lion or whatever. King. And then it goes, Lion King, both of them, right? Twice. Or twice. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. It's an interesting way to say Disney made this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I think it's interesting. This is the first time we've seen Disney kind of make fun of itself in any way, shape, or form. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've, I, I feel like they are aware that we think this is kind of, you know, weird, like th- what they're doing with the, the live action remakes. Um, but I'm wondering if they'll, if that, if that, if the fact that they did this here will actually address some of the concerns, I guess we have moving forward, or if this is just get in a good joke. Right. Sure. Okay. Uh, last trailer on our list. We have the assistant, um, which stars Julia Garner, um, of, what is she in? Like Ozark? <laughs> that's her. Know. That's her big thing. I haven't seen Ozark, but um, I know she's gotten some awards from them. Um, anyway, Julie Garner and Matthew McFadden. This is basically um, the look of a, at a day in the life of an assistant to a powerful corporate executive. Um, how did you feel about this trailer? Is it a corporate executive or an entertainment person? The IMDb says corporate executive. That's but it interesting. Does look a little entertainment esque based on the trailer. Um, yeah, so when I clicked play on this trailer, it was marketed as um, what is it like to be the assistant to Harvey Weinstein? Um, yeah. And so I think that from what I can tell from this trailer, they're not saying Harvey Weinstein. This isn't like um, uh, based on a true story, but it's taking what we've learned about Harvey Weinstein and his assistants and saying what would a day in the life of that person be like? Um, mm-hmm. And... I found this trailer really, really interesting. Um, I would be interested in this movie, like, regardless. You know what I mean? Like, even if it was bad, mm-hmm. I'd be still kind of interested in it. <laughs> but I don't think it looks bad. I think it looks quiet and slow. Um, I think it might be a little on the nose. Um, but yeah. it looks like it's going to go through. It's going to fictionalize and narrativize all of the things we've read in the news about what how harvey weinstein operated um yeah and i'm interested in that like perspective yeah i'm curious about it as well so this looks uh like it could be probably a hard movie to watch sure. but yeah uh, but i'm definitely interested in it also it having matthew McFadden is exciting for me i i'm excited to see him more and more on my screen definitely definitely um it also stars dagmar damachinsky um who is also in succession um, and she plays the, like one of the lawyers and she is in uh, Count of Monte Cristo, which I really love. And I don't see her in many things anymore. So it's fun to see her in succession with Matthew McFadden. And then also this, nice. um, I'm curious if there's any production overlap, like producers yeah. on both of those shows that, sure. that got them here. But yeah, I the look of this show looks great. Um, I'm excited to see Julia Gardner in this. I I think it looks like a really good movie. So. Yeah. All right. Any other trailers? We just cranked through a ton. It was a big Anything week. else before we move on? It was. Um, anything else before we move on to Marriage Story? No, I'm good. All right. Let's do it.
Okay. Um, so, Marriage Story, directed by Noah, Noah Baumbach, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, Laura Dern. Um, Ray Liotta. What else do you want to add? Ray Liotta. <laughs> um, it's actually funny, as because throughout this movie, you know, people people just kind of show up, and you're like, oh, it's that person. Um, my wife was silent the entire time until... Alan Alda showed up and she goes, yay, <laughs> as if that was the person she'd been waiting for this entire time. But he's great. I love him. It's just hilarious that with yeah. this whole thing of stars that Alan Alda shows up and that's the one she's the most excited to see. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's let's talk about Marriage Story. How did you feel about it? Um, so I, I should like kind of give my backstory on this movie. Yeah. Um, I was incredibly excited for this movie after seeing its trailer. Um, I just found the trailer incredibly moving. I also am a diehard Adam Driver fan. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the idea of seeing Adam Driver as this lead character in an intimate um, drama about a relationship, it's like, man, like it's like money out the bank. Like that's all I want to watch. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. So I was very excited about this movie going into it. I got to see it um, a bit earlier than most people because I saw it at the Nashville Film Festival, I think in October, maybe. Nice. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, so I had what I would say was probably like one of the best viewing experiences because I got to see it early. So it, I wasn't spoiled at all um, yeah. <laughs> in a full theater with people very excited for this movie. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And. When I saw it then, I couldn't believe how moving I found this film. Um, It really, really blew me away. And I immediately knew it was just like one of the best movies of the year. So I have nothing but incredibly high praises to sing. And that's what I'll be doing for the rest of this podcast. It's just (laughs) like um, exalting this film. Um, I'm very curious, Lucas, how did you see this movie and how did you feel about it? I saw this movie sitting on the couch uh, at home on Netflix, (laughs) the way it was made to be, to be seen. Um, (laughs) I, I think there are a lot of, not a lot, but there are divorce movies out there that take a side and there are, uh, divorce movies that are about kind of the falling apart of a relationship. And I think, this movie to me is just is less about that and more about um, um, how just difficult it is to end a relationship. So not necessarily that it's falling apart. Um, it's already fallen apart by the time we kind of get here. And it's just about um, how do you clean that up? How do you kind of exit smoothly? And how do you continue to live your life? Like they, if you know, if they have a kid um, and it's, there's not really a bunch of big spoilers for this movie. It's just about how does this process work? Um, and I think it's very fun to see them kind of go through this. I had forgotten, I haven't seen a Noah Baumbach movie in a while, but I've loved every single one of his movies uh, over the last couple of years. And I forgot how funny his movies are. And this is so funny in the midst of this kind of like really terrible, sad situation. Um, and, it I loved loved the hilarious elements of it and the emotional elements I think hit um, really hard because of that because you get to see some of the fun stuff that's happening um, how these you know how this couple interacts how their families interact how their um, their relationship with their kid is um, it's not all bad and so you get to see because you get to see those um, the parts where it is hard really I think hit a lot harder um, 
I think it's a brilliant movie. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I have a lot to say, you know, in spoil. Like I said, there's not there's not really a spoilery section. Uh, or there's not really a spoilery element to this movie, but I think we. we I don't want to get into details about stuff until we get into spoiler section. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I liked this movie a lot. I thought it was really really fantastic. You know, I'm I was rewatching parts of it um, last night, so it's been. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it in full and I was rewatching mm-hmm. parts of it last night. Um, and I immediately was like, man, I felt bad for anyone who watched it at home and didn't get to see it in the theater <laughs> because like you said, it is so funny. And there are so many moments in the film that I remember when I watched it in the theater, got these like really big laughs, you know? Um, and they're very small moments. Like they're not, it's not like mm-hmm. a major joke or, 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 or funny line. It's, it's, you know, a tiny little detail that would get like a little, a really big laugh in a theater. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if people watching at home fully could appreciate those moments. Like they might notice them and, and smile, you know, but not, mm-hmm. there's certain things like that where it takes being in a group setting to like yeah. understand how funny something is um, or not, or that you're not the only person that finds it funny, I think is a big part of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. Like if you're watching it alone on your couch, you may like grin at something and think, Oh, I, I noticed that that was funny. But when you watch it mm-hmm. in a group and, and everyone laughs at the same tiny detail, then you really appreciate like just how genius it is. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, we 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 laughed out loud a lot on the couch. Good, I'm um, glad you <laughs> um, But I I think you're right. I think uh, a lot of those funny elements get magnified when you're in a room with that many people all laughing at the same thing. Yeah, I also want to mention that like I think that it's it's an interesting thing because a movie like this now that it's on Netflix, um, you know, way more people are seeing this movie than it would than would have if it had just been in theaters. Um, I, at least I think so. Um, and there's definitely a lot more conversation about it than I think would be if there was just it was just in theaters. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately a very good thing because I think this is a good movie and I think a lot of people should see it. Um, however, this is me being a little bit of a snob and I fully recognize <laughs> that. There is a part of me that because I love this movie so much, because I hold it so dear to me, um, that once it hit Netflix and the conversation er- erupted on Twitter, um, I felt a little sad at like the memification of this movie. Um, and, and that not everyone in the world was holding it to the same like precious standard I was, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and that's a silly thing to be concerned about. I fully recognize that. Um, and I also don't mean exactly like the there's a fight that happens in this movie that has been memed on Twitter, you know, um, and that doesn't bother me as much. In fact, I find a lot of it very funny. But um, I guess the constant jokes about elements of the movie is I don't I, lo- I don't like seeing it trivialized again. It's just because and that's only because I love it so much. Um, I don't know. if uh, Have you ever felt that way about a movie, Lucas? I think. To me, it's like when you watch a really great movie and someone like walks out to go to the bathroom in the middle of it and you're like, let me pause it. And they're like, no, it's fine. And 
you're like, you don't understand how much this movie means to me. Right. You cannot just walk out and go to the bathroom in the middle of it. Yeah. Like, or, or like someone like looks at their phone for a second during the middle of a movie when you're right. trying to show them like a great masterpiece. And it's yeah. just like you, like we're, we're on a, we're, we're looking at this from a different perspective here. Or like, I feel like what happens to me every now and then, and it drives me so insane is when I'm in a movie theater and the movie ends and then people immediately start talking about things they didn't like or that it was bad. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting right here. Like, wait till you get in the car. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't um, handle that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So it's just like, you know, I don't like the spell to be broken, I guess. Um, but that being said, I do like that a lot of people are seeing it because I think it is a tour de force. I think it's like, I, I think it's Adam Driver's best performance in a career For sure. full of amazing performances. Yep. Um, I think Scarlett Johansson is, is incredible. Laura Dern is incredible. I mean, every, it's an it's an ensemble full of just like everyone like hitting it out of the park. Yeah. Um, what I really love about this movie, in addition to these like amazing performances with incredibly moving and insightful monologues, which of there there are plenty, and that is like kind of the filmmaking that I love the most. Um, what makes this movie, I think, really special is that something that Noah Baumbach is really good at is, like, every, all the, like, moments that aren't part of the monologue, all of the tiny, Mm -hmm. tiny little details that are so either heartbreaking or funny. It's, like, every single motion or line or background detail is going to be one of the two. You know what I mean? He doesn't waste a single second. And watching this movie... It's like it's like a feast for your senses that, <laughs> that, that every single thing that you're watching is going to be like either emotional or delightful or says something or makes a joke about or makes fun of a certain element of of L.A. or New York or people or um, he doesn't waste a single second. And I appreciate filmmakers like him, like David Fincher, that really take up every moment of the frame. Um, and every mm-hmm. moment that we're watching to provide us with something. I think one of the things that he does well, and he's done this in other movies, but um, he kind of builds to these long scenes. Um, and some of them are dramatic and, you know, big monologues and stuff like that. But some of them aren't. Some of them are just long scenes where you're just spending a lot of time with the characters, um, kind of doing their life or, like, having conversations and stuff like that. And I I, I love those scenes. Um, basically, the whole second half of um, Mistress America, um, his 2013, 15 movie, 2015, his 2015 movie um, is basically one long scene at this person's house. So you get a lot of build up to the second half of this movie. And then it's just this one long scene that's really incredible. And he does that in this movie as well, where you just have these little build ups and to these huge, long, um, really expansive scenes. Um, and I feel like you just get so close to the characters because of that, because you get to spend so much time with them. It doesn't feel like normal, like cutting to the good parts. You just get to spend time with these characters. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. Those are my favorite parts. I think there are many scenes in this movie that I will go back and rewatch over and over again. Cause Absolutely. they're just so incredible. So, um, I want to talk about how, how you felt kind of coming out of this movie, how the movie ends, mm. um, your relationship with the characters, but I definitely want to talk about that stuff in spoilers. Um, is there anything else that you want to say before we get into that stuff? Um, I think we should tell people if, if someone's listening and they're, and they haven't seen this movie yet, 
I feel like what I got asked by a lot of people was like, is this movie safe for me to see? You know what I mean? Depending on mm-hmm. their relationship status. Yeah. Um, where, if they're in a relationship, where that's, where, how it's functioning. Um, and, or like, should I watch this with my partner? You know, like the questions like that, I think are, are important to be asked. Um, yeah. So I wanted to, us to address some of those. That's a, yeah, that's a good thing. So this movie, like, it's called Marriage Story, and it's, you, you've probably heard people say this before, but it's not a marriage story, it's a divorce story. It's a story about two people that have decided to get a divorce, and it's us seeing them go through the journey of what that divorce looks like, and what their intentions are versus what actually plays out. Um, so, in that sense, um, I think that for couples that are together... It, you know, I, I think someone was, was like, is this going to want me to, like, end my marriage? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, in fact, it might do the opposite. It, yeah. This movie, I think, makes divorce look so tragic and painful. Um, yeah. What I was telling everyone is that the beauty of this movie is that it takes two people that mean well that like couldn't have meant more well you know what i mean like they Mm -hmm. they're not they're not evil people they want what's best for each other and for their kid and it and how even for those people even when you go in with truly the best of intentions divorce is hell um and that's what this movie like illustrates so yeah in that sense i think for couples it could be kind of like a a moment where you kind of thought like oh Man, well, we have, <laughs> maybe we're going through something rough, but then, you know, we don't want to go through that. So let's yeah, just work on yeah. our marriage instead. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, for, 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 for us, as we were watching it, it was very fun to after, kind of as the credits are rolling, just kind of talk about some of the stuff that like happens and how they communicate and like what went wrong in their relationship and not like, it's not therapy, but it's great to like, just have those conversations <laughs> about your right. relationship after watching this movie. Sure. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's great. I don't think at any point in it, it's like, yes, go get a divorce. <laughs> it's right. all about like how, like just how things can go so horribly wrong when you have the best intentions. It's also about two people who, who are kind of seeing each other for the first time. Um, in, yeah. in a, in a long time who haven't fully yeah. paid attention to each other or, who um, weren't communicating, essentially. And so there's also been a lot of talk online about, like, if you take a side in the divorce, you know? like Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I love about this movie is that I don't feel like this movie takes a side at all. Um, no. I think it, it places blame on both people and makes you frustrated with both parties um, and also makes you feel so much empathy and sadness for both of them. So... Definitely. And that's what I and I, that's what I really appreciate. And so I think it could be really interesting for couples to like just if someone is siding with one character more than the other, examine why that is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why yeah. do you think that this person is in the right versus more than the other person? And and should should they be kind of thing? I think, it, it, yeah, yeah, like you said, it can bring up some really fascinating questions. Definitely. All right. There's not too much to talk about in spoilers, I think, but let's 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 jump into that real quick. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's gonna happen. No, crack and gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. 
really the big question that I had kind of coming out of this is where did this leave you at the end? Kind of with, you know, the, the whole last scene, kind of where where they end. Um, yeah, how did, how did that make you feel? I mean, the movie as a whole just made me feel... I mean, emotional is such a vague word because it's like, what emotions are you talking about? But <laughs> that's what the word I want to use because um, I felt hopeful for them to like be co-parents that like have respect for each other and also just like um deep feelings of sadness because they were truly in love and that's a love that they couldn't sustain and there's and that's sad in any sense you know and yeah and as far as that last scene made me feel that's that's where i landed throughout the movie though i felt so many more things and um yeah. What about you? How did how did the ending of the movie make you feel? Yeah, I think I think for me, I had this kind of expectation that it would finally end, and they would they would figure out they would they would be living separate lives. Like like it, mm. they would they would not necessarily like move on because you can't you know entirely move on in a situation like that where you have a kid. Right. Um, you just but but you will end that relationship, and I think what it left me with is that they are actually still a family at the end. They're yeah. still a family. Um, it's just a very different kind of family. And it's not the kind of family I think that either of them wanted out of this. Um, but it but it is it is kind of the best situation they could kind of be in at the moment. Like they've both had to give some things up. They've they're both in um in LA. Um and it just it is what it is. <laughs> um and so I think I think that was that was really emotional for me just to see that like um that yeah, you you don't get away from this. You go. You can go through a divorce, um, but that you don't. You don't. You don't get to leave that situation. That is still your family, no matter what. So I thought it, I really, really loved the ending a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, this movie. It, it by the nature of the film, because it's a story about a marriage between a man and a woman. It makes you think so much about like the way women are treated versus the way men are treated, and and uh, and this story is like really, really evoking like the indignities that women have to face that are, that are not these broad sexist indignities. You know what I mean? Um, and that's one of the things that I really took away from this film is that, um, like this Adam driver character is someone who, if we met, we would truly love, you know what I mean? He seems Mm -hmm. smart and empathetic and probably very progressive. And, um, you know, he's a New York play director and, and everybody loves him. And yet even he doesn't realize the way he is short sighted and selfish and, um, and puts his needs above someone else's. And part of the reason why he's able to do that, whether it's why he did it or not, is kind of irrelevant, is because of, Mm -hmm. like, his maleness. You know what I mean? That, like, his needs are valued more and, like, his decisions are upheld more in society because he is, like, the man in that relationship. And that this movie gets to really question that authority. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I really loved about this movie that... um, gets examined and and when people are talking about a side and and who's doing wrong you kind of get to start questioning um like well who is actually doing wrong here um i think the line that i left the movie 
like repeating over and over is the one that Laura Dern says during a mediation where she says, oh, when it's something Charlie wants, it's a deal. But when it's something Nicole wants, it's a discussion. <laughs> one, I love amazing yeah. lawyer speak. Um, I think, you know, the way lawyers like maneuver yeah. is so great to watch. Uh, so that's one thing that I loved about it, but also just like that pointing out that I feel like that's kind of like the thesis of their divorce, essentially. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm rambling. I'm just listing things that like made me yeah. maybe, maybe think about. Um, yeah, I think the lawyers, like the scenes with all the lawyers involved in this, I think were so great because you get to see, um, you get to see them like actually doing their their job, and then you get to see them kind of back off and just you know be themselves with, with all these people. And so, and so you get to see kind of the, the harsh, like we're fighting. And then you also get to see the kind of the back off of, Oh, let's, let's grab lunch. This is a great place to grab lunch, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like them just kind of talking to each other and to them, like, this is a job, like they're, they're doing their job right. and they're not mad and they're not emotional. They're just doing their job. Yeah. How they're <laughs> friends so, with each other. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I really loved getting to see that and how like off putting and like how thrown off, um, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are like because of that just like seeing this world is so new to them and it's not something that you get to see for very long it's just for this small duration where you're going through this you get an inside look at it and it's awful and difficult and hard and so it's yeah yeah I loved getting to see that another thing and like I, I think my uh, it might be helpful context that like for people to know my parents aren't divorced um uh, yeah and, mine either and so like I'm coming to this really as like a new visitor to this world. You know what I yeah. mean? Yep. Whereas someone who is like the child <laughs> of divorced parents might have a very different reaction to this story. Um, mm -hmm. It was fascinating to see the way the kid was treated throughout all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. There, especially the moments with Adam Driver and the kid alone together, how, mm -hmm. you know, he's, struggling to get all of his divorce stuff done at the same time that he's spending time with his kid. And so the kid has to hear all the phone calls to the lawyers and mm -hmm. um, visiting the lawyers offices. And, 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 you know, it's one of those things where like, you know, don't put your, you know, don't make your kid be stuck in the middle. And I think we usually think of that as like bad talking the parent to the kid. You right. Know what I mean, and right. he doesn't do any of that, but the kid no. is still in the middle because he's still having to bear witness to all of these like proceedings. Um, yeah. Things like noticing things like that. Another moment in the movie that really stood out for me is this one like little mini breakdown that Adam Driver has with his lawyer where he says, you know, he's frustrated with how it's going and it looks like the kid is going to stay in LA and, um, and he kind of just yells like he needs to know that I fought for him. Um, yeah. And that's such a powerful moment because, you know, throughout the movie, we see Charlie, the character that Adam Driver plays, frustrated with his wife and frustrated with the proceedings. And and that moment shows that it really is rooted in like a deep love for his child that like. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want his child to think that like he doesn't care about him and that he was just going to let whatever happen happen. Um, that he's going to suffer through this because he doesn't want his child to think he just gave up or didn't care. Um, yeah. And that, that was very moving that 
that's like w- one in the ch- column for Charlie as like him making him not <laughs> a villainous character, which I don't think he is a villainous character, you know, but no. No. Um, yeah, that was another moment that came to mind as particularly moving. Yeah. So, uh, there's two more scenes I want to bring up just because they're yes. stuck in my head and I'd be, you know, so yeah. I, would, I would hate if I didn't bring them up. One is very small. It's a, the best example I could think of of those like tiny moments that don't mean anything, mm-hmm. but that make you laugh or that say something about, you know, the environment. Um, yeah. There's one that made my audience laugh so hard and it's toward the beginning. And it's when um, Charlie and Nicole are still living together in New York and they come home early from like a performance and the babysitter is on the couch and the babysitter isn't expecting them. And when they walk in, she goes like, Oh, y'all are here back early. And she starts zipping up her pants and doing her belt. (laughs) Yes. And just, we laughed so hard. I say we, like we were all best friends. Um, Our (laughs) theater laughed so hard at that. And it's like, why is that so funny? Why, you know, yeah, I think you can read it as like two different ways and, and both I think are valid. One is that she was like, maybe, you know, doing something on that couch. Um, and that's yeah. funny to, you know, be caught because immediately after she says, Oh, you're both so attractive, you know, um, <laughs> which also makes it funny. Or you could just read it as she was sitting on the couch in tight jeans. So she undid her yeah. jeans. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and to be caught in that like very vulnerable moment <laughs> Is yeah. Funny. <laughs> um, oh man, and just like yeah, I I, th- I think you're a hundred percent like those little moments where it's just like they have so much else on their mind, right? That like this isn't something that they're like addressing or talking about. This isn't the point of the scene. Yeah. But it's just like a moment that it's just like this is also something that's happening <laughs> right here. And I just, so I can't stress enough that every single scene in this movie has moments like that. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's countless, that's yeah. the one I'm remembering right now. But like, if I were to watch this movie, I could make a list of all of them that made me laugh or yeah. that made me think, you know, um, when he's on the phone with Laura Dern trying to like have this conversation and people keep coming up to him, like at his, at his job and like, are like having him make decisions and like trying yeah. to tell him how to do stuff. And like, he's just constantly like, I have to do both of these things well yeah. right now. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. That moment also really got me. Right. The the constant joke about New York and L.A. and the space. Oh, so much space. Yeah, so much <laughs> space. Um, yeah, there's there's a little line in that the phone call scene with Laura Dern where he's like, she's he goes, well, do I have to um, do that in L.A. or can I do that here? And she goes, I don't know where here is, Charlie. <laughs> and he's like, I'm in New York. She was like, oh. That's what all that honking is. You know, it's yeah, just so yeah. <laughs> condescending and funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, okay, there's two more. Now I just remembered another one. Yeah, all the scenes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the monologue that I think hits home for me, there's a lot of monologues and emotional or emotional like duo scenes, but mm-hmm. um, Laura Dern's Virgin Mary monologue is like, that's her Oscar reel. That's her like, that is such a perfect piece of writing. Um, The line that really stands out to me from that is where, you know, she says, 
she goes on because she's a virgin mother. God didn't stick around to raise the kid. He didn't even stick around to do the fucking. Um, is or the father didn't even stick around to do the fucking. However, it's worded much better than that. Um, I just remember really laughing at that. Um, yeah. Okay, and then the last thing we have to talk about is, or at least that I think we have to talk about, is the the Sondheim of it yeah. all. Um, of course. Yeah. I knew going into this movie, I had it spoiled by critics who had seen it at like a festival or something, that Adam Driver sang Being Alive at that part mm. of this movie. So I knew that. I was spoiled for it. I did not. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you, going in, seeing it, even though you're spoiled, it didn't prepare me in the slightest. I was so <laughs> blown away by that song and that moment. Um, even though I knew it was coming, it was like it was as if I didn't because it was so impactful. Um, I Company might be my favorite musical. That song is, oh. I think, a tour. You know, just um, incredible. Oh yeah. Um, yep. it's so beautiful, so so thoughtful. Um, and so to see Adam Driver singing it and the performance he gives at, while he's singing it made me very very emotional um and it made me think he's just an incredible actor which i already thought but i thought it yep. even more yeah 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 um i 100 percent agree i think i i knew there was going to be sondheim in it yeah um and so then when um scarlett johansson merritt weaver and uh julie haggerty sing uh you could drive a person crazy i was like oh this is it right. here we go here's our <laughs> right. here's our little thing and that which is so fun to watch and just them like well, and what it's a perfect a good, two choice of songs. Exactly, exactly. Like, get it, giving them that song, it also didn't make me think that they, all right, all right now they have to give Adam Driver. So, like, yeah. like, it was just, like, a really good, like, this is wrapping this up from her side. Like, it's absolutely fantastic. And then you get to see him just kind of, and, and the way he kind of goes back and forth between the mic and the, you know, his the the, the bar, just, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I love symmetry and balance and like duality and this movie you know like is truly based on that you know what i mean mm -hmm. um yeah the two different cities the two different people two different sides of a marriage and then to have like the balance of them both doing sondheim at parties um yeah in that moment, <laughs> i i love i love shit like that like that you know i'm easily pleased um it's just yeah. something like yeah. that really does it <laughs> yeah Oh man, um, the the only other scene I have to talk about before we wrap up is yeah. the scene in the kitchen at the beginning um, when she serves him. Um, I think that yes. is an absolutely great introduction to her family, um, and because that's that's really the first time we get to see them and just his relationship with their family, their relationship with each other. Because we really haven't gotten to see them together all that much at that point. Right. Um, and. I loved, loved everything everyone did in that scene. It it, it felt like a play because people keep leaving the room and coming back, and it just all takes place in this kitchen. Um, and Jin, then just the dread there of um, of him getting served, like the papers are there the whole it time. And I just, I like thought that was film, brilliant. Like. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, you're just like waiting, you're waiting. He almost sees it a couple times, and right. then yeah. And Merritt Weaver's performance as she like gives it to it, like all of that is just. Absolutely brilliant. I, I loved it. I will rewatch that scene so many times from now on. <laughs> yeah. One, that scene is so, one, it's very entertaining, but it's also so mm -hmm. crucial to the understanding of the film because 
in that yeah. moment, you see them like act like a couple. They're happy for each yeah. other. They're like talking about parenting, and and then mm-hmm. you also get to see once he realizes that he's being served and that they're doing this with a with divorce lawyers and not just a mediator, and and yeah. he's like, but I don't want this, and yeah. You don't he you you get to see that he is not fully grasping that they are two separate entities now. That like what he wants doesn't matter to her because they're no longer a couple. And yeah. he just assumes that his wants are gonna continue to be important to her. Um, and that that's a false assumption. And I don't know, that's it's very pivotal, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is like this is her first time kind of stepping out. And I mean, throughout the film, she's a terrible communicator. And so like obviously you can you can see in this like she's not doing any of this well at all. And so, um, yeah, so this is like her first steps trying to figure out, like, how do I do things for myself and on my own? And uh, it goes very badly. But (laughs) but uh, it's yeah, it's a great first step of this movie. So. I, I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. Um, I'm excited to get to see it again. I think I think I'll probably enjoy it even more the second time. Totally. Um, so I can't wait. Um, well, that about does it for us. Um, where can we find you online? I am on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff, and you can find us together on Twitter at Feeling It Pod. That's all, folks. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye, now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 